0: If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Right now, I'm sitting in this huge room with my friend, Liz. Say hi, Liz. Hi, everyone. We are in her, what is this room called? We'll call it the great room. The great room, the great Mm -hmm. hall. It has this ceiling light that looks like that of the great hall in Harry Potter. (laughs) And we've been watching Harry Potter all weekend. And we're in South Bend, Indiana. The hot spot of the Midwest. The hot spot. It's been, it's popping over here. It's not as like small town as I thought.
1: It's not. I exaggerate it. Um, It's just funny to compare South Bend to something like LA, which is just a whole nother world. But I think in general, the Midwest actually is often just behind on the coast. So South Bend is not, I I, I like South Bend.
0: It's nice. Like if I didn't know where I was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think I was in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's good. everything. Yeah. So it's good. And we are (sighs) sad because I leave tomorrow. We've made some really good food.
1: Really good food.
0: What's been your favorite?
1: It's hard to choose just one favorite. So Christina made two new recipes for a project that's coming out at some point that were bomb and so easy. So that was fun. And then Julie Bowers' cheeseburger casserole oh my God. holy
0: shit. was so
1: good. So good. Um, and then we also made another
0: recipe for dessert. It's yeah. from a different project. Should they know. They um, know that No Sugar okay. No Problems is coming out. So we made a mug cake from that chocolate chai mug cake it was guys so good coming soon and i really need to it's gonna come out in november i, <laughs> I give it a way. 10 out of 10 i'm so happy to hear that 10 out of 10 and then we put pumpkin eating evolved coconut butter cups on top
1: hashtag not sponsored
0: <laughs> yeah Hashtag i wish we were sponsored um <laughs> so that was great but okay so before we get into all of the things a few announcements first of all today when this comes out will be the week will be almost over during which you can enroll in my paleo women lifestyle program so this is coming out on a thursday which means you have basically two more days you have friday and saturday enrollment's gonna close saturday at midnight if you want to join my paleo women lifestyle program which is my Online course group coaching program where you learn everything you need to know about the paleo diet and lifestyle for women, optimizing your health as a woman. You don't have to be paleo to join. You really just need to want to learn about health. It's not the type of program where I say, okay, this is what you're eating for the next however long. I'm just educating you about nutrition, building balanced plates, how to balance your hormones. I think the bulk of the course is not even about food. Liz, what would you say? I agree with that. I mean, there are a lot of great nuggets about food
1: that have helped me kind of refine what I do, but I had already been eating paleo for three years when I took your program and I still felt like I learned so much because a lot of it focuses on lifestyle Mm -hmm. and kind of optimization of different parts of your diet and your life and just kind of your day. Yeah. Um, And that makes a bigger difference a lot of times than like some of the nitpicky things about food.
0: Yeah. I think no matter what point of your journey you're on, you will pick something. You'll pick plenty up. And the beauty of the way I designed this course was I wanted to build, you know, I wanted to have all this pre-made content to have a base to work from but because we have the facebook group and the live video coaching calls the content can go in whatever direction you want so people you can ask your own personal health questions in there and i'm sure other ladies in the program will be wondering the same thing or they can learn from that as well so you can ask those then i'll respond slash other people can chime in too if they've had experience with it and it's kind of just like this collective group effort so we can all improve Our health, but we also do talk a lot about things that don't have to do with health in the traditional sense. I feel like we do a lot of emotional work in there. A lot of emotional work,
1: and it's a great community. Mm -hmm. And Christina and I were talking about how if – You know, if the two of us weren't friends already, a group like this would be how we became friends. Because a lot of girls like us, similar interests, and we're just kind of friends
0: now. Yeah, exactly. I love how many people in there have become best friends. Um, So we were just talking about how Instagram has become so oversaturated and you can't really make genuine connections anymore in there. Mm -hmm. But in a group like this, you can. We get to know each other and I'm there for you. There's an accountability piece and other people who are going through the exact same thing as you. It's a really great program and I'm really excited. This is going to be the last group of the year. Also the last group that's priced at this price point. So if you want in, I would sign up this time. And even if you don't want to go through the course content right now, we start the program on November 5th. But even if you like don't want to go through it right now, at least you're in the group. And you can you can go back and go through it at any time. You can join in at any time that you want. But at least then you're getting this price point before it goes up. And
1: I would just say, too... The amount that you would pay for this program is so much less than you would pay for sessions with a nutritionist who tells you all this stuff. So if you're thinking about working with someone, I could not more highly recommend that you first invest in a program like this and try to troubleshoot some things yourself and learn Mm -hmm. before you make a huge investment of paying so much money to work with someone one-on-one. Because I think the information that comes in this course is super valuable.
0: Yeah. We were talking about how like so many people could just... If you took this course and you actually read listened to everything and implemented everything that i say you could probably heal like 90 percent of what's going on assuming like or everything if you didn't have any major health issues mm-hmm. or you might need just a little bit more if you had something more serious going on i would say it's actually probably 90 percent of people could heal themselves yeah. with this information and
1: then there's only like the 10 percent who might need a little bit more but I yeah. think people can honestly do so much by just learning what's the information that's in this course.
0: Oh, thanks Liz. I'm so glad that you like learned things from it, even though you know so much. So that was really great to have that feedback from you. But if you guys want to learn more, if you want to sign up, you can go to bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle. You can also go on my website, Christina rice and look at my courses there. All the information is there. Everything that we cover, all the modules, will be listed there and what you get is the online course so you get video and audio recordings you get downloadable pdfs you get access to the private facebook group and you get to go on the live video coaching calls with me which are always recorded so you can watch them at a later date they're at a different day and time all the time so i just pull the ladies to see when the most people can come you're bound to make it on one they're usually after work for people so, really great opportunity. And if you have any questions, you can shoot me an email. And I am so excited about this new group. It's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be so fun. I can't wait to meet you guys in the Facebook group. Oh yeah, you can hang out with us. You can be friends. Don't you think it's like being on a on a podcast with me? In in like many ways a Q and A podcast.
1: Well, that that's what I was just gonna say is you can ask questions of christina anytime which is just a total joke that you get that kind of access yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but also the other girls in the group are so helpful like one yeah. day i posted about having um a problem with headaches and before christina haven't even had a chance to respond three girls had responded with amazing
0: ideas mm-hmm. so we can really crowdsource yeah that's why it's awesome like if i don't know something then there are so many other women who might have the same experience mm-hmm. and so so much of it is like being able to vent about Mm -hmm. things too. And everybody is like supportive. That's what I love when there have been a few times recently where someone said, Hey, I'm going through a really hard time. X, Y, and Z just happened. And I just love seeing, you know, 50 comments from people saying how much they love them and how supportive they are. And here are some ideas to bring yourself up. Like that community is just, it makes me so happy. (laughs) Me too. It's amazing. But, and I just, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot this weekend, how nice it is. Like we're, It's just so weird how we became such good friends out of nowhere. It's Um, hilarious to see people's faces when they ask how we met and we're like, um, the the internet." internet, I know Instagram. So when I first met, well, when I first found, I found Liz on Instagram and she was like the only person who ate food like me, that paleo girl. We were looking back at my old photos to see which ones she had found. And I was like, Christina, why were you following me? (laughs) I was an OG. When I found Liz, she had like a thousand followers. And I thought she was a celebrity because she had a thousand followers. And I had like 200. I think it
1: was my picture of the chicken livers that. that That That
0: was what brought me in. So if you guys don't know Liz already. Well, I feel like you probably do, but she is the creator of That Paleo Girl, that.paleo.girl on Instagram slash thatpaleogirl.com, the website. And Liz, do you remember what episode you were on last time? 89. She was on episode 89. We had a great conversation there. Mm-hmm. And, and now we get to do it in person. I forgot. That one was that one was over Skype, wasn't it? It was. Oh, man. Yeah, because this is the first time I'm visiting you here. Yeah, yeah. so fun um, and why don't you tell people just briefly what you do? Sure. Um, so in my non-foodie life,
1: I work in education. I work with schools to help them implement personalized learning programs. Um, but I also have a number of autoimmune diseases and I have healed a lot through food and lifestyle. So on my page, I share recipes and, Um, advice about how to, you know, kind of find healing through more natural means. Um, I try to avoid medication as often as possible and share just a lot of the lessons I've learned along the way.
0: Yeah. And Liz, I love Liz's perspective because she's not as deep into the nutrition space as I am. And so she kind of, I feel like I don't know. Sometimes when you're so deep into the nutrition space, you get kind of caught up in all the science behind it. And she just has a much more well-rounded view, but she has so much personal experience with all of this. You know, I always, we were talking about this earlier, like you could easily be a practitioner and help so many people. Um, cause she's done so much just, you know, of your self-education and you know, so much. And before I think this episode, we want to talk a bit about healing and that, so. that whole topic, but kind of before we get into that, I do need to mention one of my favorite products that actually can help the healing process a lot. And I would love your perspective on this. You guys know that Ned is a sponsor of this podcast and it's one of my favorite products. Ned creates my favorite CBD oil. It's a full spectrum hemp oil, not just a CBD oil. And they have a full range of products. It's not just the hemp oil, although that's my favorite product, they also have a body butter and lip balms, and they're creating a ton of other new products, which I'm super excited to see when those come out. But this full spectrum hemp oil is just, first of all, it tastes amazing, but it tastes amazing because the quality is so high. So all NED products are made from organic, whole natural ingredients. They're all small batch and so crafted. And they only source their products from local farms and communities. They infuse their full spectrum hemp oil with binaural beats and love and gratitude. They have this whole ceremony when they bottle the hemp oil, which is amazing. And I'm gonna release episode soon when they explain all the science behind that. But I love this because I searched so long for a CBD oil just where the ingredients were totally pure and the only ingredients in this are non-GMO MCT oil and the full spectrum hemp oil, which is so hard to find. And we we both were looking for one and we couldn't find one either.
1: I tried a few different kinds of CBD oil before I finally tried Ned and I had actually stopped using CBD because I wasn't noticing a difference. And then I was still having a lot of chronic pain um, and Christina recommended Ned. So I tried it and I can honestly say it was like a night and day difference for me. Now when I don't have my Ned with me, it's really painful. Oh, um, wow. it's, yeah. it's really bad. So I, I take um, 750 milligrams every night just as my baseline because mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of pain. And then I'll take it just again throughout the day just in kind of my own doses and it like immediately helps my pain. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. So tell people a little bit what, like, so cause you have pain because of the autoimmune
1: mm-hmm. So I have lupus um, and I also have celiac and um, you know, they say that joint pain and kind of chronic pain is tied to lupus. I think it's kind of tied to autoimmune disease more generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have like joint degeneration uh, um, associated with lupus and a lot of muscle aches I think is the big one. Um, so for me, it kind of relaxes my muscles and relieves my joint pain, mm-hmm. which is um, something that no other supplement has been able to do for me.
0: That's awesome. And you, like, we were looking, Liz and I were looking for a CBD oil far before I had ever heard about Ned, and I had recommended she try the one that Chris Cresser recommended, and I got that one too, and I did not like it. I don't remember if I ever tried that one. I think I did. I think that was the first one I
1: tried. And then I also tried another one that someone through Instagram recommended. And first of all, one of them was like chunky. It was Ew. thick. It yeah, was, that's weird. I was showing it on my Instagram story yeah. one time and someone was like, that's not what it's supposed to look like. It's not what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> um, so net is, I mean, it tastes good, but it also it doesn't taste like much. It's not very mm. strong. Um, and so that's good. And yeah, it's just, it's helped so much. Yeah,
0: well, I love like, I love learning about where they source it from because so they only extract from the hemp flowers, the buds, and a lot of the other products are extracted from the stalks and the seeds, just like the throwaway part. So it's only like the most aromatic part of the flower. And I told you, I like to just, I like to put it on top of my food. It has just a really nice note to it. But so like Liz mentioned, it can be used to help with joint pain or any type of pain. It's an anti-inflammatory. I know Rhett, who is one of the founders of Ned, you know, he has a lot of joint pain because he's like a marathon runner. So for runners, just any anti-inflammatory, but also great for a sleep aid. If you have insomnia and anxiety, PTSD, depression. So I think for me, it really helps calm me down in the evening and it does help me fall asleep much more easily. I don't ever have an issue falling asleep. Like I I fall asleep unless I have chocolate. That's an issue. But besides that, which is like every day. (laughs) No, I've only been having chocolate since I've been here. I'm just kidding. But usually I don't have chocolate. Um, Can I I also
1: put in a plug that um, for a long time, my fingers were so swollen. I couldn't wear rings. Uh And then
0: as soon as I started my Ned, they swelled down. I can wear my rings again. That's awesome. It's huge. That's amazing. Yeah. So anything, anytime you want an anti-inflammatory, calm your brain or body down check out the full spectrum hemp oil from Ned is unlike anything else on the market. It's been used to help with a lot of serious conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, like so many people have seen incredible results with this. Also a lot of cancer patients really, you know, when they find a good CBD. So I recommend trying it out for yourself. And also if you know somebody in your life who could use a really good anti-inflammatory, like, it's an all natural remedy that's so powerful. And like, I just think we need to, you know, I'm all about using things from the earth and this, it's not going to get you high. It's people, it's not weed. <laughs> um, so definitely check it out. You can go to hello, and use my discount code wellness, W E L L N E S S for 10% off. I highly recommend you try this. Start with the 300 milligram and just see how you feel. I like to take it two to three hours before bed. Just drop it in my mouth. It tastes good. It doesn't really taste like much or you can put it on your food like me and you really want to use it consistently. It's not the type of thing where you just try it once and then your life changes. Like it's the type of thing where you take it every evening and then the effects build up. It's stimulating your endocannabinoid system and you will, you will feel it. So again, my discount code wellness, will get you 10% off of Hello Ned dot com and i so i mean i use i brought that here and then i also brought my doTERRA oils and liz and i have been doing our we're both doing a liver detox together because we're both working with dr campbell we love dr campbell we love dr campbell dr campbell if you're listening to this <laughs> shout out shout out to dr becky campbell she's my girl she's my girl we do We do castor oil packs every night. We've been doing castor oil packs, watching Harry Potter and drinking our liver cleanse.
1: So she has this liver cleanse, guys, that (laughs) is just like a powder with collagen and different supplements in it. But she has a vanilla flavor and a chocolate flavor. And I introduced Christina to the chocolate flavor. (laughs) And I like to make mine with warm water. So it kind of tastes like a hot chocolate. Uh And... It honestly tastes so good. It tastes like a hot chocolate. It's, we we love
0: it, and this is when you know that we're just kind of pathetic that we think I it know. tastes so good. Everything we've been eating is good, though. Yeah, no, True. it's no, it's very delicious. So we've been we've been doing that as part of the healing process. But okay, so you had some things on your mind about that you wanted to kind of talk about regarding healing, because um, you're at a further along place in your journey. Like you got diagnosed with was lupus first Mm -hmm. and that was how many years ago now six yeah a little over six and you've come a long way Mm -hmm. but like you're it's still you're still working through some things Mm -hmm. I think most people do it's like a never-ending process
1: you know it is but I think one of the reasons I'm so inspired to talk about this today is because there are so many ebbs and flows in the healing process Mm -hmm. and I think those of us who are very achievement oriented, we kind of see a finish line of like perfect health and it can be really frustrating to either feel like you're not getting closer to it or like you've taken steps back or to feel like you've reached that and then you've regressed. Um, And so I am, you know, I'm very far along in my healing process, especially compared to where I was say four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I've regressed since, a year and a half ago or two years ago. Um and so that that can be really frustrating too. And so that's kind of why I wanted to open up this conversation today.
0: Why do you think you regressed?
1: Probably stress. Oh. If I had to name one
0: thing. Oh I yeah. know. I know. No one wants to admit it. But like it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people don't realize how real that is. Oh, totally. And I think, you know, the first time
1: that I I healed so much was when I changed my diet, mm-hmm. um, and so I think part of me was like, "Well, I must be doing something wrong with food," mm-hmm. when I kind of regressed. But then you have to look at yourself in in the eyes a little bit and be like, "I'm still eating the same way I have. It's not the food, you know." There's so much more to healing and to to thriving than the food, and that that's. But it's harder because it's harder to control. Mm-hmm. Like it's much hard. It's much easier for me to change my diet than it is for me to you know, change the number of hours I work or kind of the emotional stress that I feel because that feels much more out of my
0: control. It's so funny because I think that people who do need to be focusing more on the food are the ones who aren't and are more apt to focus on the lifestyle or the, or stress or something else they don't want. And then, or the, they're just not high stress people. Yeah. <laughs> or, but then the people who don't need to be focused on the food are like, just what food do I take out and it'll be, I'll, I'll easily take it out. You know, mm-hmm. we always are on, are looking for what's easiest for us. But that was like, for me, I think it's an important conversation because, you know, I am like such a believer in like, I think food can heal so much and I always go for food first. But like, that's why I got so into Reiki because I'm like, I mean, there's only so much you can say about eating a, like a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think what really started to kind of open my mind to this was
1: seeing how foods could impact me differently depending on how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So if I'm relaxed and happy, I can eat, you know, nightshades and nuts and feel totally fine. But if I'm really stressed and I haven't been sleeping well, I have, you know, one piece of jalapeno and my body is like busting out of my clothes because I'm so inflamed. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting to see how that, and so it was that those kinds of experiences and noticing those that made me realize it's not nightshades that are the problem mm-hmm. for me, for me, it's the stress. Mm-hmm. And it's like that environment that I'm creating in my body. That's then making it harder for me to process food and harder for me to heal and harder to go about daily life. Mm-hmm. So then what's your plan? <laughs> Great question. Um, <laughs> I don't have a full plan, but I've been trying to tap a lot more into the emotional side of the healing process. Um, And so I've started doing a little bit of energy work. Mm -hmm. Christine has been doing some Reiki on me, and I can honestly say that it's been really powerful. Um, Did you believe in that before you felt it? I would say I was open to it, Uh but I did not fully understand it. Yeah, Um, It was much more powerful than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting. And then I I also think – I'm starting to just like talk about how I'm feeling a lot more and as strange as, as simple as that sounds and silly, maybe it's been so, it's like lifting an emotional burden off of me. Mm -hmm. And as anyone who struggles with like chronic fatigue can attest, I think emotional burdens can be just as exhausting as physical can be. So just kind of releasing those off of me has, have started to actually help my energy levels as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I... I'm curious. Okay, so we kind of want to talk about this idea of like the, the healing process and like how it's not I don't know people linear. Just, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk more about that.
1: Um, I, I just think it's it's important to recognize that the circumstances around you are always changing. So um you can keep progressing, but then something out of your control happens, and it's the way that you and your body respond to that that can be really detrimental. Mm -hmm. So for me, I know, um, like when I was at my most healthy, I really loved my job. It wasn't very stressful, but I was really thriving there. Um, I was in a relationship that I was really happy about. I was just like in a place in my life where I was really happy. And then also the food was falling into place. So there was kind of a lot of things. Um, and then as my job became more stressful. I still love it, but it's just a lot more, it demands a lot more of me now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my, I became less content in my personal life for a lot of reasons. Um, That is when my health started to regress. Mm -hmm. And I, and then I think there's also, there could be physical things as well. Like I think I may have um, developed some gut things along the way, Um, but all of it just kind of ties together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was probably more susceptible to gut you know dysbiosis or infections or something like that because I was more worn down and exhausted from work so it was just kind of this vicious cycle
0: mm-hmm. and it goes back to how you're talking about how foods will affect you differently depending on your emotional state and that's what people don't understand like it's all contextual mm-hmm. you know so maybe in this higher state of stress when you're in like a parasympathetic state that's the foods are going to affect you differently than when you're in a sympathetic state, you know? So then it's like, okay, I'm a stressed out. So now I do need to be hyper aware of, or like pickier about what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't understand that, you know, it's all contextual, but do you feel like people get trapped in always being the sick person ever?
1: Definitely. I mean, I, that was really hard for me. It was, it was sort of a part of my identity for a mm. while. Um, And I think you can, I think, you know, healing can be a choice in a lot of situations, but I know I personally did so much work to kind of disassociate myself from being the sick girl that then when I started to feel badly again, I was almost in denial about it. And I didn't want, I didn't want to go back to that place. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost a place of like, of non-judgment about, who you are or what kind of person you are or not associating yourself with being like the healthy person or the sick person or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I eat healthy and I live in a healthy mm-hmm. way, but I'm still exhausted and I'm still having all these issues. And if I was so wedded to the idea of being a healthy person, then I would be disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, if I was wedded to the idea of being a sick girl, then I would not be trying so hard and be so confident that I will heal. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's just so interesting because if I just saw you, if I just knew you and didn't know your health history, or like if you didn't open up to me about how you're feeling, I would never think that you were feeling this way. It's really
1: hard. Um, and I think it's actually gotten much harder as I've regressed a little bit in mm-hmm. these recent years because the first time I was sick, I looked very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really underweight and that just caused, you know, like hair loss. And I just, I looked very sick. And now I think I look a lot healthier and I'm really happy about that, but it makes it all of the more difficult to then not feel well, because it's harder for other people to understand. And another thing we talked about is that it's hard to compare yourself to how you may have used to feel. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be objectively more sick than I am now Mm -hmm. like I was in a worse place but then it's reminding myself that just because I don't look sick and because I'm not you know on the edge of being admitted to the hospital it doesn't mean that what I'm feeling isn't real or valid or that Mm -hmm. I don't deserve to feel better than I feel right now
0: yeah it's kind of like we were talking about the other day how some I mean Liz and I both got sick when we were in college and like a little bit younger (laughs) you know if we're still both young but it's like your body can maybe withstand more when you're younger and now we're trying to go through the same thing with like and be like we're like well I'm not as sick as it was before I should be able to handle this I'm not going through the same stuff but like you can't You're running on an empty gas tank now. Well, and it's also, it's exhausting.
1: Like I think even if both of us had had our first experience of illness at age 40, Mm -hmm. I just think the experience of fighting for so long to feel Mm -hmm. well, it exhausts you. Mm -hmm. And so the the gas tank would be empty no matter how old we are because Mm -hmm. we've just been doing this for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And, And it can be really discouraging to feel like you've just been, doing everything right and trying so hard and just still feel like you're not where you want to be. Yeah.
0: What, what do you want to tell people who have like invisible illnesses or chronic illness? How much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we have plenty um, of time.
1: I think the number one thing I would want to say is that you are so much stronger than you think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy for us to get in our heads imagining that we're weak or that we are just not as strong as someone else who might be feeling the same way but that's that's not the case. These are this is a very real thing and just because you don't look sick doesn't mean that you are. Mm-hmm. And so I would just I just want Anyone with an invisible illness to think about how they would treat someone else if they knew how bad they were feeling, and treat yourself that way. So, like, please treat yourself with compassion and, like, think of yourself with love and um, approach every like interaction you have with yourself with love, um, mm-hmm. because I think that makes such a big difference.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like when you are when you're going through a health issue and you're always just always looking for when you'll feel better, like always waiting for that. You can't live your life like that. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I see that a lot with people. They're just like, well, I'm healing right now. Well, like, when is that going to end? Mm-hmm. Like, healing is just always going to happen. Like, you know, I, so many people, I don't know anyone who's like not always trying to improve themselves in some way. Like, mm-hmm. there's always something we can pick apart. And I think that if you're just getting caught in like, right now I'm healing, so I can't do X, Y, or Z. Right now I'm sick. Like, you have to realize this is life and you can't just keep waiting Until you're healed, because when are you going to be healed? And in the same way that we would tell people they can't take a backseat in their
1: own healing Mm -hmm. process, like you have to be your biggest advocate in that process. You always have to be your own, like you have to direct your own life, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can heal while also still living. And it's super important that you decide how you want your life to be. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are going to be some physical things that make that harder, like do I wish I had more energy than I do? Of course, but do I let that stop me from doing the things that matter most to me? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just really about deciding what's important to you and going after it, and not
0: using your illness as an excuse. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good one. I think that sometimes illness does. It there's a fine line because it's like how do you decide? Rhetorical question. But you know, you you can't use your illness as an excuse for everything to get away with things. But at the same, t- but then I think that the people who the people who do that shouldn't be using the excuse, but a lot of people who don't, I'm like. Also, you need to give yourself some grace, and if you're tired AF, like maybe you just need to lay around. You know, usually whatever you're usually whatever you're prone to doing, you should be doing the opposite. But I do feel like a lot of people use the illness thing as a cop out. And here's the thing: somebody who's living a healthy lifestyle and still struggling with um, say an autoimmune disease or something, they probably feel similar to many people who just aren't living healthy lifestyles and are like in brain fog all the time, weird joint pain, back pain, you know, like it's so strange how it's so comparable. It's just the difference is like one one group of people is kind of choosing it and the other isn't. Maybe to an
1: extent. It would be hard for me to imagine that like the level of fatigue and pain that I feel is just like normal Yeah, for someone. Um, but I do think to a certain extent there's so much that we can change just by changing small
0: things mm-hmm. um, like in our diets and lifestyle. Yeah. Well, that's just like, can you imagine how you would feel if you hadn't no. taken control? Of
1: things? I, I have, it's so sad to me because I could so easily see myself becoming someone that I never wanted to be someone who just like couldn't live a normal life mm-hmm. and, um, you know, wasn't able to be active and to enjoy things because of the amount of pain that I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think that my lupus likely would have really continued and probably attacked some of my other organs much more seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could just imagine a future of like on and off of steroids and different medications. And um, it just sounds awful.
0: It's so interesting because I feel like lupus is one that really no one talks about. That's true. It's definitely not any sort of sexy diagnosis. (laughs) You know, people, I, you know, you hear much more often people with like celiac or, crones or like i don't really i think you're the only friend i have who has lupus but i have friends who have everything else Mm -hmm. it's so interesting something else that we kind of brought up is like being your own advocate and i would love to open up the conversation around working with practitioners because i think i actually haven't really had this conversation on the podcast much but I've had so many shitty experiences with doctors and nutritionists and practitioners. And I know you have too, and also great ones. And um, I think that this is an area that people need a lot of help and support in, and they don't really know how to be your own advocate. And what I learned through everything is how much. like I used to go to the doctor growing up with the thought process that this doctor is there to save me. And like I go to them, I tell them the issue, and they are just going to take care of me. And then I learned that that's not how it is. This doctor like has information and I have to know how to pull it out of them and ask for what I want. Um, I think I also used to approach going to the doctor
1: with the idea that they were right and that they had the answer and, Doctors are amazing, but they don't always have the answer. Mm-hmm. So the number one piece of advice that I always give people is trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Like if a doctor is telling you something that you know in your heart is not right, and you have to really, this takes a lot of work to get really in tune with yourself. So it's not just that it's going to be too hard or it's not just that it's not the answer you wanted to hear, but it's the answer that you genuinely know is not the correct answer. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to own that and look for someone else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And I think that, it's also really important to say that someone who was right for you at one point in your life might not always be right for you. So I've worked with some amazing practitioners for different, you know, seasons of my life who were amazing in that season, but my needs change or my circumstances change or the kind of level of care that they're able to provide me sort of taps out Mm -hmm. and it's okay to seek out someone new. I don't think that should be any sort of like insulting thing to do for your doctor or there shouldn't be any hard feelings there. It's just about you being your own best advocate.
0: How do you figure out if someone is the right fit for you? I think there's a lot that
1: goes into that. Um, But I do genuinely think a lot of it is about the personal connection. Mm -hmm. I know you and I talked about um, how helpful it can be when someone has sort of a similar journey to you, Mm -hmm. because I think there's a level of understanding there that, you can't find otherwise. Um, So one thing I said to Christina is sometimes practitioners don't even know what to ask Mm -hmm. if they haven't lived through it themselves. Um, And so sometimes finding someone who has a sort of similar journey or just a similar philosophy. Like if you're someone who knows that you want to use diet and lifestyle as part of your healing journey, if you go to a doctor who says that like they don't believe in that Mm -hmm. as an effective means, that's probably not the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you don't feel like they're really listening to you and taking what you say extremely seriously, then that's probably not the right fit.
0: I feel like for me, it took me a long time to understand, like if I felt like I was fighting for that person's attention or just like fighting that person in general, if we were going back and forth and I had done my research and if I felt like they weren't open to what I had to say, then it wasn't the right fit. Or if they
1: don't take you seriously. Mm -hmm. Like I had a really bad experience recently when I was complaining about a lot of symptoms, complaining, I was reporting a lot of symptoms. (laughs) um, And I had a doctor tell me, well, you just need to take another probiotic. And something like that, where they just kind of write your symptoms off is so disrespectful. And that to me is a great sign that you need to move on.
0: Yeah, I agree. I and I I, I do think, I think the personal connection is really important. I think so much of it is intuition and tapping into intuition. And like when people are, I think that a lot of people just sign up to work with whoever they think, or whoever's, a lot of people just work with whoever's in their insurance. Um, But shopping for a practitioner is very serious. And I really believe that your healing process is going to mirror that of the quality of the, the the connection with the practitioner. And sometimes we were actually talking about this too. Sometimes they don't have to know everything, but they have to be open to wanting to help you figure it out and listening to you. Like Liz was sharing an experience the other day about when she was in college and really sick and she went to the student center and the nurse. Well, you can explain it. Yeah. The, the doctor there was, just so kind and
1: compassionate to me and she didn't know what was wrong with me and she actually gave me some different medications that I I think in hindsight probably were actually counterproductive but the point was that she was trying so hard and she always believed me and she connected me to different doctors and when I felt really sick I would just go to the student center and just lay there until she would see me just because I knew that she would take me seriously and that um, level of trust and like feeling that someone sees you and hears you is honestly sometimes the most important thing.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I've talked about this too with people. I actually talk about this with practitioners, like other health coaches and nutritionists who get nervous about working with people. Cause a lot of people are nervous to start seeing people and I go, you know what? If you are just there for the client, you don't have to know everything. If you don't know something, say, I don't know, but like, I'm going to help. I, I'm going to research it and like, let's figure this out together. I'm open to hearing what you have to say or just being a sounding board for them. Because I've had experiences too where, you know, the person I was working with just didn't know. And even though she didn't, she didn't get me results, but I still recommend her to everybody. Um, because she was just a good listener and there for me, and when I and she would research things that she didn't know, and even though she didn't end up getting me the results, like we could hit a standstill, I still recommend her to everyone because I still think she's a great practitioner. Yes. Yeah. See, um, it's interesting with the Instagram world because now people just want to work with people who have a good body. Platform. Yeah, a body, a good body. Oh yeah. Okay, let's go there. Let's go there. Well, I I think. I honestly think
1: it's sad when I see people who are becoming coaches or <laughs> practitioners who not only have no qualifications, but also are doing things that are detrimental to their own health. Yeah, And it to me, it is a crime that they are able to then pass on that knowledge to other people. Mm-hmm. Like when you know that someone, for example, if you know that someone is struggling with an amenorrhea and they are doing super high intensity workouts every morning at 6am and under eating and you're, you're, they're saying they're going to become a health coach. That is so irresponsible to me. Like yeah. that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. And it's sad to me because people are going to look at this girl. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, fun and smart and they're going to watch. to be smart like her. Though? I mean, I think she's smart. This one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. I wonder who you're thinking of,
0: um, <laughs> but yeah,
1: but I think she's caught in a, in a, in a bad maybe emotional place
0: Mm -hmm. and she's going to bring other people there Mm -hmm. and it's really sad I think a lot of and I also I guess I just don't understand all of these people becoming coaches who okay when someone works with me I feel a deep responsibility it's like this is their health this is their life like depending on what type of coach if you're um you know personal trainer like their fitness like you could get injured you know with a nutritionist like that's their health um any type of practitioner or if you're like a business life coach like that's their job their career their money and people are just like oh i'm a coach now don't know what they're doing and giving advice to people and then just totally screwing up their lives and does that not eat away at some like this is why i don't understand like i can't even imagine doing that if i wasn't 100 sure on what i was going to say i would be like no, no freaking way! Mm-hmm. Like I'm not chancing mm-hmm. that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so important that you know you do find a practitioner who is not. It shouldn't be about that they like live the kind of life or like look the way that you want to look or that kind of thing because they're not you. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's so much more important to me that they they are someone who feels this deep sense of responsibility for other Mm -hmm. people and feels a really deep sense of compassion for other people because then you know that they will be your advocate and they will do what's best for you instead of like projecting their own issues or thoughts or um
0: you know feelings onto you yeah i i'm liz and i have been talking about this a lot this weekend because recently there's been quite a few people who just announced they're becoming coaches or whatever they're becoming out of nowhere, but are also deep in their own issues. But it goes back to this whole, you guys know, I mean, I talk with all the time, but I'm never going to stop talking about it because people still don't believe it. Even Liz, who knows things that go on, people are lying on social media all the time about everything. I know. And it's, it's hard because I think
1: as Christina mentioned, I'm not as into this world as she is. I'm still a very, very, very small, um, you know, character on the Instagram oh space. God, don't say that. And you're the main character. In I'm, my the ma- life. I'm the main character. <laughs> you're the main character. <laughs> of in a my very life. small <laughs> sitcom. Um, but, you know, to hear about the things that go on behind the scenes or like off camera, I mean, the thought to me that some of these influencers are legitimately just actors and actresses mm-hmm. is so sad
0: to me. And I, I'm completely fooled by it. Yeah. So I can only imagine how other people feel. Yeah, it that's it's a great way to put it. People, Instagram has made it so that people can literally just be their actor, the actors and actresses in their own life show of their lives,
1: and and it's hard because I think with reality TV, you know, we all know it's not real anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like any of us are watching The Bachelor and being like, oh. I wish
0: my husband Honestly, treated me that way. My mom is though. She okay. like, literally thinks it's so Pam, real. Pam if you're listening, yeah, she, she thinks it she thinks it's so real. She, you know, it's so funny. I saw this is so random, but my I was like deleting pictures of my phone and I saw these screenshots I had taken of my mom's text and she's like Oh my gosh, have you seen Colton's body? He's so attractive. Okay, Pam, <laughs> take it down or not. She's not listening, she's not listening. <laughs> but you guys, my mom signed up for my Pale Women Lifestyle Program. Isn't that the cutest? I didn't even know she knew I had that. My mom is
1: like my the only subscriber to my blog <laughs> and every time I share a post she comments it will be like great tips Lizzie XOXO
0: I I'm like thanks mom oh my god that's amazing so <laughs> if anyone else wants to go comment that would be helpful I should start commenting I know no one comments anymore but no I mean Instagram is like this big show Which is why I try and keep it as real as I can. But, okay, before we get further into this, there's one thing that I will never lie about how much I love, which is my oh-so-good bone broth. We love bone broth. We love bone broth over here. Liz has had quite the history with bone broth.
1: I am. I was about to say, is it fair to say that I'm kind of the queen of soup? I think you you are the soup queen, for sure. So, just in case you guys have ever wondered about, you know, how committed I am to soup, when I studied abroad in Italy... I used to go buy a chicken every week and in this one tiny apartment that I lived in with nine other girls who I didn't know, I would make bone broth every week. Can you imagine how much they hated me?
0: <laughs> oh, they got to know you. It would quick. have been so much easier if I had it was so good. <laughs> no, it would have been so much easier. And I used to make bone broth when I was in college too, which wasn't as big a deal because I wasn't in like a little place in Rome, but In my apartment, my roommates hated me because it just smelled like soup all the time. And it like, my crock pot took up like half the counter space and it was there for like days. But honestly, it's so worth it because bone broth is so
1: good for you. I credit bone broth with so much of my health. Mm -hmm. It's amazing.
0: I mean, because bone broth, Liz did gaps. Mm -hmm. And like the core of gaps is bone broth. Mm -hmm. Like you, how long, how long are you supposed to be doing that? The bone broth. You're supposed to be doing, so when you first start GAPS, mm-hmm. every
1: meal is supposed to have bone, just, broth okay, it. like bone broth in it. It was like all bone broth-based soups. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I mean, I went at least a year where I had bone broth every single day.
0: Yeah. And even now I have it most days. Yeah, you have it a lot. And I have been, I like ramp it up when it's cold flu season slash when I'm just feeling under the weather but I'm not a soup person like Liz I don't like to have like soups really except for Liz's hamburger stew. yo soup for breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> I like to just drink the bone broth in a cup like I just take a and that would that's when oh so good comes in
1: really handy because their bone broths are flavored mm-hmm. and so they're super tasty like yeah. if you just have plain bone broth it's I still like it, but it's so much better because I know um, Oh So Good has like different blends with different herbs that make them really delicious. And um, so that's a good one to drink.
0: They have a ton of delicious blends. And what I love about Oh So Good is that they have they're all their classic flavors, but they also have AIP compliant bone broths, which don't contain onions, garlic, peppercorns, or tomatoes, which is really helpful if you're following AIP or low FODMAP. And that was so important to me because I just don't do well with garlic and onions. Like, like i I will have it every once in a while, but when, for something I'm drinking regularly, like bone broth should be had regularly. I don't want to have that all the time because I'll pass out. <laughs> Or other disturbing things. Yeah, other disturbing things will happen when I when I go overboard with the garlic. But I can have it every once in a while. But they have a ton of amazing flavors, and I love the ones with the Chinese herbs. Like I mentioned, the Revive the Gut is my favorite blend. But they have their plain beef, chicken. They have a really good signature. They have a nice recovery blend that I love. And I could take some recovery blend right now. Yeah, seriously. And you can use them in so you can use them in cooking if you want to incorporate it like that. Like go make Liz's hamburger stew. You honestly should. blog we had it last it was last night yeah for dinner it was really i was doubting it she was so skeptical but guys it's so it's not really a soup it's like it's very it's hearty like, it's like meat and vegetables with some liquid yeah <laughs> and it's a nice thick liquid yeah i don't like soups that are like just all liquid yeah you know? no, no no i'm not trying to have yeah. liquid but the bone broth just adds so much flavor. You can even, even if you're not going to make a soup, you can just use bone broth in, in cooking. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to add a little flavor to like your, cauliflower, yeah, rice, cauliflower rice, rice, kale, yeah, anything, mm-hmm. just put the bone broth in. And there are so many incredible health benefits. So when we talk about the benefits of collagen and gelatin, that those same benefits apply to bone broth a ton of amino acids, really Mm -hmm. healing for the gut. Great for the hair, skin and nails, um, and joints as well. Muscle Mm -hmm. recovery. And I think bone broth is something that people really don't understand the utility of until they actually use it every day. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't really, you're like, Oh, it's just soup. I really urge you guys just, just try it once. Like try regularly to take bone broth every day, say for two weeks, like challenge yourself, just have a cup and if you don't feel better, then okay, fine. But like, I really think you need to experience it because it's not just soup, bone broth. It has been used in so many different cultures for centuries for a reason to heal people like inside and out.
1: It's not like the sexiest food. And so sometimes I'll, I'll go on a few days where I forget to have it and I can like feel it in my bones. Like I don't feel nourished without my bone broth anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. You also you want to make sure I love the Oso oh Good because it's pre-packaged and it's like made for you. You just keep it in the, in the freezer. Anything that shelf stable is not, doesn't have the nutrients in it. You're not going to get all the benefits. It really needs to be in the freezer. Um, and then you can de but you want to make sure that you want to make sure that everything in there is use. It, they use organic ingredients. They're free of antibiotics and added hormones, artificial additives um that the bone broth is slowly simmered and that's why i For a love long time yeah i love oh so good because it's all small batch because they want to make sure that there's you know every single batch is made to perfection basically um they're not they don't use any commercial ingredients artificial flavors it's all very high quality um plus they add in the other spices which are which are awesome it's it's the high temperatures that they use to make the the shelf stable ones that destroy the nature of the gelatin when you used to make your own bone broth, did you ever go buy like the chicken feet? <gasps> no, I wasn't that. I wasn't that cool back then. Okay.
1: I, I did. And it's, did? it's a horrifying experience. Really? I would honestly rather just buy the pre-made stuff. Oh my God. Personally. The
0: chicken feet. Does it taste any different?
1: Yeah. It tastes better because it's like more gelatinous. But the experience of like
0: seeing their little claws. Okay, yeah. In your... I definitely see those, yeah. but I haven't done that. I don't but, want to do it. So if you want to avoid the chicken feet, you guys should definitely get Oh So Good Bone Broth. You can go to com. That's O-S-S-O-G-O-O-D-B-O-N-E-S.com. And if you want $15 off of your order, use the code CR Wellness Realness. And like I said, I really challenge you to try this. It can be incredible for your healing journey if you're already healing or if you want to support your immunity if you want your hair to grow thicker if you want your skin to look better like i know when i'm regularly having bone broth like my skin does look much better you will especially this time of year like we're mm-hmm. heading into november and december and if you want to support your immune system i would just have a little bit you don't even have to have a full cup but mm-hmm. just take it like a supplement
1: and honestly just from my own experience, anyone with an autoimmune disease, especially if you are struggling with digestive issues mm-hmm. or joint pain or muscle pain,
0: this is the thing that you need. Yeah, very soothing to the gut lining. Mm-hmm. It has all that L-glutamine in it, which is really incredible for healing mm-hmm. up that gut lining. So again, my discount code is CR Wellness Realness will get you $15 off at osogoodbones.com That's O-S-S-O, goodbones.com. And if you guys use it and... Try it. Love it. I want to hear your experience. So share that in our Facebook group, which is wellness, Realness podcast tribe. Um, excellent. Whoop, whoop. Speaking of which, I mean, it kind of goes back to like, we talk about this too. Like we always eat what we post. There are so many people who do not eat what they post. If anything, I eat way more than I oh, post. Oh, yeah, we And do. then sometimes I feel,
1: like, kind of bad. I, I told Christina, I was like, oh, well, this looked better with, like, a smaller piece of this casserole. But now I feel guilty that people don't know that I'm eating more. So I'll post, like, more to my story just so people know. <laughs>
0: it's just, like, that fine line between, like, you're trying to show what's going on. But then also, do I have to report every single thing I do? Like, that's what I tell the girls on my program. I'm like... If I'm like hungry and I run to the fridge to grab a fat bomb, do I have to report it to my Instagram?
1: you know wait or if I get seconds, do yeah. I have to say
0: that? like i don't
1: I don't think that we should have to mm-hmm. but I think so I think it goes both ways like you should know that people aren't eating everything they post mm-hmm. and they're also eating so many things that they don't post mm-hmm. and that's okay like that's yeah. Instagram is not a food diary
0: yeah, so stop judging what you eat like people stop are comparing so yourself. people are so caught up in like Comparing themselves. And I remember being like that too. I was so obsessed with knowing how much of things people ate. Mm -hmm. Which is why... I was so grateful to start working with someone individually Mm -hmm. because I realized, okay, I don't have to try and figure this out based on everyone else. I can just have someone tell me. Mm -hmm. There's the answer right then, which is why I'm so passionate about this program. And I always tell people, I'm like, stop Googling, stop comparing yourself, just like join here and I'll tell you.
1: And I think it goes so, the comparison trap goes so beyond the food um, because I know for me, I get really jealous that people can like live a certain way and feel well Mm -hmm. if that doesn't work for me because like I just sometimes I have to face it that like my level of, of stress tolerance or like what my body can handle with food or sleep mm-hmm. or whatever is different from other people's. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard sometimes to see other people like staying up late or not sleeping or like not eating as much or eating different things, like eating much of like gluten-free baked goods and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I just know that that would make me feel terrible. Um, and it can be really hard to, to kind of cut out all that noise and just say like, it doesn't matter that that's what works for other people. If that is what works for them, I'm super happy for them. Mm -hmm. But also I have no idea how they're feeling. Yeah. Like they might be seeming really upbeat and excited on their stories, but they might be exhausted off of them or miserable, you know? So
0: they probably are. No one, no one tells the truth. I think that you're a really good person to talk to about the whole issue of like, what do you do when, people are kind of making fun of you for going to bed earlier no one around you you know people always be like they'll say well it's easy for you because your friends eat healthy too or or your friends do that and that's not true for everybody and i do have a lot of healthy friends but i also have a lot of unhealthy friends but liz really is like you know everyone she has a normal job. You know, she, her friends and family like are like normal. i not, you know what I mean? Like, and Liz is going to bed at 9 PM and eating her paleo bone broth. And, you know, so maybe you can talk about kind of what helps you get through that.
1: So I think the number one thing is always reminding yourself of what your goals are and So that helps me remember like why it's important to me in the first place, because Mm -hmm. it can be hard, you know, if other people, if it just seems easier then you think like, Oh, maybe I'll just stop doing this and go back to whatever they're doing too. But if you remember your goals and what it takes for you to get there, I think staying true to that is really important. But then beyond that, I've actually found that the more I just embrace it and I kind of live my life as Mm -hmm. um, I try to approach everything very positively and, just very openly. Mm-hmm. So I never try to force, you know, my food or my lifestyle upon anyone. But if people ask, I'm just super open about it. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that it actually, first it sparks questions and you have to be willing to deal with those. Mm-hmm. Like people ask a lot of questions and you have to just smile and mm-hmm. answer them and be really open about it. Um, but mostly it sparks like curiosity and interest. Mm-hmm. And I have been blown away by how many people from work or from, like amongst my friends get really interested in the way that I eat or the way that I live. And, you know, all of a sudden someone will be asking me like for eye mask recommendations or like my proudest moment was when my older brother was texting me from the Dominican Republic this morning, asking me for recipes because he loved my cauliflower mash so much Mm -hmm. the last time he was home. And he's someone who has made fun of me mercilessly, Mm -hmm. you know, for so many years. Um, And it's all good intentioned, right? Mm -hmm. But I think just the more that you can live as the example and, and show people just, the difference that it can make mm-hmm. um, and be honest too I think it increases people's sense of compassion mm-hmm. when they find out that you know I live differently because I'm battling autoimmune diseases and they would never know it um, so instead of being shy about saying it I just say it really matter-of-factly and I'm not looking for their sympathy but I do think it's important that they know that other people are battling different demons than they are
0: mm-hmm. I just think, you know, you really never know who's watching and mm-hmm. it goes back to so many people who gave me such a hard time are now asking for my advice and it's been years in the making and how are you talking about, you know, Liz, your brother now is just now starting to like, he's asking for recipes and how long and I've has been doing been this like for two, four years, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and people who used to be really actually mean to me, make me feel embarrassed. Now, you know, they flip the switch and you never know. And a lot of times people who are giving you a hard time it's just out of their own insecurities, but you can also be kind of just a good example for people. And if you you stand in your power and say, this is how I'm living my life, that might inspire them to say, oh, well, she or he can do that. Like, all right, maybe I can too. It's just people are really afraid to step out of the status quo. Mm -hmm. And I think- they're just, you know, th- this is one of the things that I love so much about you. Is like you don't play the victim. It's like this is just how I'm living my life. Here I am, you know, and I, people, no matter what your decisions are in life, if as you, if you don't play the victim and you're just very strong in your decisions, I think that is an admirable trait that like anybody would respect.
1: I think I actually played the victim so much more when I was just taking medication because it all felt so out of my control. Mm -hmm. So I'd be getting sick and I wouldn't know how I wouldn't know what was wrong. And you know, it was like, Oh, what was me? I'm taking these medicines and they throw off my body and all these things. And now I feel so empowered because I'm like, I know that if I get a good night's sleep tonight, I'm going to feel better tomorrow. I know that if I don't, eat that thing, I'm going to feel better. And that, that Mm -hmm. makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's bringing that sense of like confidence to everything that I do that impresses people as well. Um, And it's amazing too, to your point about like, you never know who's watching. And Mm -hmm. so I think that my story has ended up, you know, inspiring and, and helping so many people that I never knew about. And it's been cool to see how, you know, when my story connects with someone, then someone else who thought that it was at first stupid mm-hmm. is like, oh, well, maybe that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my parents who have been outrageously supportive, but they didn't really understand the whole like Instagram blog thing mm-hmm. until they started getting so many of their friends who were saying, I, you know, I have an autoimmune disease and this has helped me so much. Or my daughter got sick and this has helped me so much. And now they're so proud mm-hmm. that when any, everyone, anyone says that, they're like, oh, well, have you seen my daughter's blog? Like she could help you so much. And um I think that's a really cool thing, you know, and it's patience, right? Mm -hmm. Because that was certainly not how anyone responded when I was eating sauerkraut
0: and chicken soup
1: in my dorm room.
0: It kind of goes back to, isn't it so funny how it depends who you're hearing the information from, the way you take it. We've talked about this a lot this weekend. You and me, like, um, you know, if someone who you're close to is changing their lifestyle and living this way, you're like, somebody will make fun of them or give them a hard time. But if someone who they've never met is coming in and like, Oh, this like girl is eating this way. Like, that's so cool. And it's like, are you kidding? It's just cause it's from someone you don't know. One amazing thing that happened to me earlier this year was,
1: um, uh, one of my parents' friends, who's the CEO of a big private equity firm mm-hmm. came to our house and he invests in a lot of health and wellness companies. So he and I were just going back and forth about all of our favorite brands and mm-hmm. I'm making him like uh, For Sigmatic Mushroom Latte and showing him my collagen peptides and <laughs> we're talking about all these things and my dad's jaw was like on the ground uh-huh. because I was kind of clearly impressing this global CEO yeah. and my dad was so proud and it was like totally out of his realm you know and That's so it's, it's situations like that where I am so proud of the expertise that I've built and I never would have done it if I shied away from
0: the person that I am. Mm-hmm. It's It also reminds me of another conversation that we had that I want to talk about more. And we were talking about Beauty Counter Mm -hmm. and how at first, when you're just sharing the products and you're not a consultant, people are like more interested. And then as soon as they know that you are making commission, they don't want to have any. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's a really important topic to bring up because I am passionate about Beauty Counter for so many reasons. And, you know, I'm very... Passionate about the mission, about you know, people need to understand how important it is to use safer personal care products because they just really it just goes over so many people's heads. And I mean, it it just kills me when we look at the cancer rates and the, the rates of all like it's just so sad. But, anyways. You know, one of the things that's so awesome at Beauty Counter is, I mean, I'm a big feminist. I'm all about women stepping into their own power and like having careers. And that company has given so many women a way to make income themselves and like to be their own, their own boss and, and build a business on their own terms, Yeah, on their own terms while really helping so many people with their health. And that is incredible. Like we're creating jobs there. And the fact that people don't want to support a woman doing that kills me. And this is the thing. It's like my friend, like let's say my friend started just her own company, like a classic company that wasn't Beauty Counter, and then she starts talking about it. People would support that person. Like, say they start a makeup brand. You know, my friend Sarah starts a makeup brand and like has a little shop and like is building her. Own pr- people would be all over it, want to come in and support her. But like someone who has Beauty Counter, it's all of a sudden like no. Well, and
1: it's amazing to me that that people seem to distrust like, small businesses and influencers mm-hmm. now as if they're, like, selfishly motivated. Mm-hmm. But they want to go to, like, the big corporations, <laughs> you know? know. Like um, It's awful. I have a lot of friends who really want to use... Is it Gwyneth Paltrow's new line of skincare? Oh, I don't know. I she, don't know. Does she have one? Probably. I don't know. Probably. I could be wrong. I don't even know. Is it Goop? Yes.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Like, they really want to use that. And they're like, I don't know. You know, Beauty Counter kind of freaks me out because, like, it's all these you know, women who are just kind of like trying to make money. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's not what it's about at all. Look at the ingredients. Look at the ingredients. And, and why is it a bad thing to support a small business? Yeah. That's what I don't get. Like if, if anything, I think about this so much. We, every dollar we spend is voting is a vote, Mm -hmm. right? It's a vote for how we want our world to be. And so that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I buy organic as often as possible Mm -hmm. is of course, because I want to eliminate the toxins in my own life, but also because I want to show that that's important to me. Mm -hmm. And I want the demand for organic products to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, like, I feel like I spend my money very intentionally. I want to support my friends and those who own small businesses and those I know who are pouring their lives into the businesses that they run. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why other people would rather support like a big name. It doesn't make sense to me.
0: Me, I, I don't either. I mean, it's the same idea as like, I mean, I think everyone understands why you would want to shop locally like in terms of produce. Mm-hmm. So why not with, you know, like clothes or beauty products mm-hmm. or any of that? And I think that there's just so much misinformation. Like, I mean, Beauty Counter, that, that we're like the top five businesses. Yeah, it's it was voted top five businesses to work for. I think it was number two. Yeah. The, like number two, mm-hmm. top business to work
1: for. They treat their employees really well and like I am not someone who even in any way really capitalizes on like all of the benefits of beauty counter. Like I kind of do it because I talk about it. I like to mm-hmm. be able to help people invest in it if they want to, but like, it's not a big part of my life, mm-hmm. but it's amazing to see how it, it can be a really big part of some people's lives. Um, and I think that this goes for a lot of other things too, like essential oils. When I see people go on Amazon to order an essential oil, yeah. I'm like, there are so many women who would love to help you mm-hmm. women and men who do this would love to help you like if you have a friend who sells doTERRA mm-hmm. like support reach out to them business. support them like you are supporting a small business you're not supporting a pyramid scheme it's not yeah. a pyramid scheme you know?
0: know it's really interesting because I felt and I know a lot of people feel this way too like I felt very unsupported when I just wanted to be an entrepreneur um in starting my own business and and whether it be beauty counter or Tara, but just like my health coaching, I felt like people were like trying to fight against it and I couldn't understand why. And I couldn't understand. I'm like, how come strangers are more supportive or supportive of me? yet Like I felt like all the people in my own life, like who I knew personally, like didn't, didn't want to support that. And it just comes so much from that individual, like their own insecurities, which is, I don't, I hate to say it, but I just think a lot of people don't wanna believe that someone else can go out there and do it because sometimes they're too afraid to do it themselves.
1: Or because it doesn't match their idea
0: of what you were
1: going to be or mm-hmm. do.
0: But that's that's their thing, not yeah. yours. And they're like, Well, I thought you were gonna do X Y or C. Like I thought you were gonna work for this company. I thought, Oh, I expected you to be a doctor. Got that one so much, you know, like oh, you're going to do nutrition. I thought you were going to be a doctor. I thought you were going to be a lawyer. I'm like, okay, so what now we're just going to say, you know, you're not going to support me. It's, it's, it's interesting when you don't match, you know, or, or when your lifestyle doesn't match theirs. I feel, I definitely feel a disconnect with all my friends who don't just like don't even understand my job. And you don't have to understand my job, but like I feel like there's definitely a good portion of people who I grew up with who have a traditional nine-to-five job and like because what I do is is different from that, it's just like there's a wall up and they don't even want to know mm-hmm. about what's going on over mm-hmm.
1: there. And I think jobs are so different now than mm-hmm. they used to be and that can be hard for people to wrap their minds around as well. And, um, you know, something crazy like of the jobs that, um, like current teenagers will have do not yet exist. And so, you know, we need to just embrace that. Like if someone is able to make a living and they're passionate about something Mm -hmm. that, that is a career. And I was telling this to another friend who was saying that she does like a lot of sort of like one-off things for different organizations for invisible illnesses. Mm -hmm. And she was feeling very down that she didn't have a full-time job. And I was like, you're a full-time health advocate, Mm -hmm. like own that. That's Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And you're doing an amazing job of it. So some of it too, is just like, we need to redefine what we think of as a career. If you're, if you can, you know, make your living doing something and it lights you up and you're, you know, making an impact and that's a career.
0: Yeah. That's an excellent point because I think so many people are down on themselves because they don't feel like they're successful because it's not this traditional trajectory of like how a career should go. But like, people are making careers out of things that we didn't know we could make money off of before, which makes sense because our world is completely different. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need people to be, there are faster, better ways to do things. Like we have so much more technology. I I think that from a lot of jobs now, being in an office is just an outdated way to run things. I think I totally that productivity- agree would be so much higher if it was in a different environment. I know I have so many friends who work in offices and they go, if I work from home, I could finish all my work that I do in the whole week at the office in like four hours.
1: Yeah, because you commute and then you go in mm-hmm. and you have to say hi to everyone and ask how their day is. And like.
0: You're distracted. You're you distracted. Yes. And so many people just punch in. They, they literally just go to work just to like show face yeah screw around and then they like punch out mm-hmm. you know versus like if it was like here are just the, taxa- the tasks that have to get done mm-hmm. a lot of people just sit down do it and like be done
1: well we were saying this even this is a weird analogy but in our workout we were oh, like yeah. we don't want to do reps for a minute because that means nothing to us the incentive there is to yeah. like move slowly yeah you know
0: exactly. it's Very like <laughs> that's so my like incentive just waiting for the minute to go over to right go over. so
1: we're like let's just do 20 reps and then mm-hmm. we we know that like our incentive then is to do them well and do them quickly mm-hmm. and efficiently and I think that's how it should be with work too like your incentive you know there's so many books now about like how to like work less and Mm -hmm. make more money and all that stuff but I don't think it's about like I don't think it's that people don't want to work hard but it's just like you should be able to design the kind of life that you Mm -hmm. want to lead Mm -hmm. and most for most people that doesn't involve a nine-to-five office job anymore Mm
0: -hmm. or there's just I think people need to be more creative about like how they're using their time at at a Mm nine-to-five people are just very married to like how it's always been. Like here's the other thing i think also in the entrepreneur space people are starting to almost shame like people who want to be there's nothing wrong with having a traditional nine-to-five jobs and people mm-hmm. really do, i mean someone has to do it too mm-hmm. like it's not like entrepreneurship is better or worse like i think i mean i work an office job yeah exactly kind of exactly and so but there are smarter ways to go about it. Like we were talking about all these things that they could implement in company culture to make it healthier and make productivity go up. Just like even hours and even that book that, that you recommended, like talking about, you know, moving your, your meetings to 2 p.m. Like mm-hmm. th- those later hours and getting the hard work done from like, like, like nine to 12 or something Mm -hmm. where everyone's focused and then meetings would be too, like just flip flopping your day, things like that. Walking meetings, walking meetings. I think uh, one big thing that always bothers me is when,
1: um, offices don't incentivize people to like have fresh food. Mm-hmm. So like if you have a really small refrigerator and one microwave for, you know, a hundred people and no place for people to cook, like that incentivizes people to be eating out and mm-hmm. eating bad food. And so like doing things like that and you know, a lot of the, be- the places where people are happiest working now have like a lot of bright open spaces. They have very flexible hours. They serve really good food and, to their employees. And they just do like a lot of, they incentivize wellness. They have gyms, they encourage people to take a break and work out or to leave by, you know, a certain time to get their workout in. And stuff like that is so important to create like a work-life balance, if that even exists. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I tend to think more that like in this day and age, work and life, there is no Balance because they kind of just go together. Mm -hmm. So it's more just about creating the kind of life that you want to
0: live and how work fits into that. And like, when does it need to stop?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I mean, speaking of like, when does it need to stop? I think that's the bigger issue now. Like a lot of people, I almost feel like so many people are either just like going to work just to show up and not do anything. Or we have the opposite where everyone's just working their asses off and like Mm -hmm. there is no stopping. And we have not had we don't have any boundaries anymore and it's like i mean the average person can get four to five hours of deep work in a day like really and the rest of it you're just kind of like you're better off just stopping Mm -hmm. and like letting your brain recharge um and so many people are just like working themselves to the ground because we have this culture of just work harder work harder work harder and that's the measure of success how busy you are how hard and tired you are from work you know, and that's not true either because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, are you going to be on your deathbed thinking like, I wish I worked more hours? Clearly not. No. You know, that sucks. Like, there, there's there got to be a balance somewhere. Mm-hmm. So work does need to stop mm-hmm. for all you salary employees in myself who's not a salary, who's my myself. But, um, well... We should wrap this up because we have the Instagram Live to go on. Oh, yeah. I'm going on my first Instagram Live. I'm podcasting Instagram Live? and
1: Instagram Living in the same day. I'm such a Is celeb. Is this your
0: first IG Live? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, no one watches them, but they're kind of fun. They're, they'll probably watch for me. I'm yeah, a they'll big watch deal. for you. If you guys don't watch, I mean, I, I pulled people. I was like, do you watch IG Live? And everyone's like, no. I'm like, yeah, me neither. I don't watch IGTV either. Do you? No, I've never yeah, that was a dumb invention, but podcasting for the win. We love, I, I really do love podcasts. This is my favorite way to intake in information. Same. I have, I've learned like 80% of what I know from a podcast. From a podcast. It's the new, like I read it on the internet. Yeah. I heard it on a podcast. Yeah, it is. It's much easier than the internet and, and it's better because you can be walking around. I know. Which is good.
1: I like to listen to them on my walks. Yeah.
0: You'll learn more if you're like doing, that's a good like study tip do some movement. It helps you absorb mm-hmm. the information better when you're moving around. Speaking of sitting, can I tell you something really funny
1: that one of my yeah. friends said before we wrap up? So one time we were talking about sugar and all the negative impacts that sugar can have on you. And sure. she goes, she goes, honestly, I think sugar is the new sitting. And I was like, okay, I don't think sitting has like overtaken smoking yet. I don't yeah, think we can have a new sitting. Oh <laughs> my god, oh Catherine, my god. if you're listening, that was very funny.
0: Oh my God. I'll put sugar in sitting at like the, the same, level yeah both an issue yeah but like both are fine in moderation (laughs) (laughs) oh except you should buy my new ebook when it comes out no sugar no problem
1: you honestly should i've been recipe testing some of the recipes and i'm dead
0: they are bombs that'll be out soon but in the meantime you should check out the program bit.ly slash paleo woman lifestyle if you want to Enroll in my Paleo Women Lifestyle program and become besties with me and Liz. And it's just a really nice safe space to talk about all the things and it's learn everything space. about nutrition, exercise. Stress management, sleep, uh, what else? Body image. We've talked about everything in there. So, really awesome. So, go check that out before signups close on Saturday at midnight. That will be November 4th, I believe, or the 3rd. I think it's the 3rd. Third. Third. That's the 3rd. Yeah. Um, but, Liz, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at that.paleo.girl. Um, Or you can go to my blog at www.thatpaleogirl.com. You can comment on my photos, send me a DM, we can chat. You guys should subscribe to her blog so her mom's not the only one. Yeah, you should go comment on my blog post (laughs) so that my mom isn't the only comment. But if you're listening, mom, I love you. Oh my God. All right. Thanks, Liz.